Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Courtside Convo. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Happy belated Thanksgiving to all of you listening. Um, I'm AJ Evans, joined alongside same crew that we have. We'll go around the table. I'll start to the right. My main man, Derek, who is back. Um, we're currently watching the Pistons and the Lakers. Lakers are up 122-90 to 90 with a... Just under five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. <laughs> nice. Down in a little Caesars arena. Great to see. It's just another night. Derek, how you doing, man? Doing fantastic. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you had some time with your family to spend, and hopefully you just had a good time. But we're back, and that's all that matters. Oh, yeah. It's Martin. We're back. Had a fantastic Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had some fantastic food over Thanksgiving. Anyone got any favorites? Can I get to the yams? <laughs> that, that's my favorite. But <laughs> Gotta <stop>. go stuffing. <laughs> the stuffing? I'm yeah. stu- okay, really? I'll get the stuffing. I'm okay. a cranberry sauce guy. Cranberry sauce? Yeah. Can't go wrong with some mac and cheese, though. That's... Yeah, my mom's mac and cheese is probably my favorite. That's and my, why. My grandmother's banana pudding. Ooh, mm. underrated. All right, yeah, I'm Tim. I, I All the first words of my uh, debut. Hot or not, Tim. For Hot today, Tim. I started with stuffing. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. A lot of basketball to catch up on. Uh, since our last episode, so yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Oh yeah, a lot of hoops to get into. Uh, let's let's start off taking a look around the league, guys. The play-in is in full swing right now. Um, like I said, it's in full swing. The Bucks and the Knicks, Pacers and the Celtics, Pelicans and the Kings, Lakers and the Suns are all set to take on each other. I believe those start those are on December fourth and fifth. Um, big time games. There have been a couple of surprises. You know, the Pacers have taken the league by storm, Tyrese Halliburton mainly, but mm-hmm. um, let's talk about it. You know, what, is, what stood out to you guys and what have you guys liked? Uh, what do you guys think just about the playing in general? I feel like we, we talked about it a little bit on the last episode, but, you know, now that the dust has kind of settled and things are in full swing, how are you feeling about it? Martin, I'll start with you. I am very excited for the elimination games to start. I've I've loved that. We've seen a lot of really big teams come and, like, really try to compete. I think especially it's great that the Lakers have came and, like, really showed that they're taking it seriously. It seems like players have taken it as seriously as they've wanted them to. We've had some great games. Like, I've loved all of the games so far. I'm looking right now at the last um, – that last day we had, I think there was that great one with the Bucks and the Heat where the Bucks made that great comeback against the Heat without Jimmy. Ooh. That was fantastic. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it's just hey, been... and it's clicking out in Milwaukee now. <clears throat> oh, yeah. yeah. Just you can tell. Yeah. For a minute, it was looking kind of shaky, and they figured it out. They were going to figure it we out. We should have known better. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm loving it. I, I am so excited for the elimination games. I think those are going to be a blast. I'm, I'm still, like, I think everyone is still trying to work out the format with, you know, fig figuring out if there's because there's not a loser's bracket is there it's just single elimination right yeah but there's also like regular season games like it's for the yeah. people the teams that didn't make it they'll also play yeah. random games that no, don't really matter or, think, but um, they also do kind of matter since it's no, still a regular season game mm-hmm. yeah i think i know you play if you're eliminated you play the other two teams in your division that were eliminated mm-hmm. so yeah. i think for example like the pistons i think in our division it was like the magic and like the hawks like we play both of them as like um, you know, part of the tournament, like sort of, but really, but, yeah. you know, you're eliminated, so it's just an, it's just a regular season game. Mm-hmm. But those those elimination games with the teams that are moving on currently are going to be the real exciting part. I'm very excited. Oh yeah, 
I take Tim. How about you? Uh, I think Celtics. Celtics, yeah, they they mm-hmm. qualified. Um, kind of on a, it was a weird scenario going on yesterday for the Celtics. They had to win by twenty two points, and yeah. they also needed the Brooklyn Nets to win. Mm. Billy so, wasn't happy with it. He wasn't happy mm-hmm. with it, but he also wasn't happy with the way they did it. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, they were already up thirty. Mm-hmm. Hack a shacking Andre Drummond, <laughs> which was um definitely. I mean, it worked. They got two stops out of it with zero he went over four at the line for the two times they did it and <laughs> then they kind of they went away from it it's toxic though <laughs> yeah no it was it was tough but hey this is this is their meaningful games you got to win by a certain amount and True. i and that's the only gripe that i have about this not to cut you off Tim, but i don't yeah. like that but you yeah i think i think it did have kind of it, where it was kind of gimmicky you know mm-hmm. especially you're on a green court where you got to win the game by 30 points. I don't know. A part of that was just kind of off for me, but I it got people who were say you're just a Celtics fan and you're following just the Celtics, you cared about a Toronto Brooklyn game in the middle of November. That doesn't re- ra- that rarely happens, especially yeah. if for these teams or these fans that are just so focused on their one team, it kind of broadens them out in the entire scope of the NBA. Yeah, and that's a, a great point because I think that's something that's an area where the league has struggled a little bit, you know. Um fans are one dimensional. Yeah. They always have been, always will be. But, you know, when you can get the rest of the fans to sort of look out and see what else is going on around the league, that's when you kinda have something. And at the very least the tournament is doing that. Only thing I don't like is the point differential thing, just because, you know, like I I just feel like it puts guys in an odd odd scenario. It's like what we saw. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if th- this is the first year of it, and mm-hmm. I think there'll be some complaints from teams that kind of yeah. got run up on a little bit, and I think maybe they'll work the kinks out in the next couple of years. I think this, sure. is a, this is kind of a fluid situation with this thing. It's not set in stone each year. Yeah, um, I agree. One, one exactly. thing I think is exciting is that for a lot of the crowd that only tunes into the playoffs, you have that big crowd who's like just kind of like, eh, the 82 games, whatever. Mm-hmm. But – even if they're not tuning into the uh, beginning of the in-season tournament, I bet a lot of those crowds are going to turn to the elimination games. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the matchups right now. Lakers, Suns, you got like LeBron and KD facing off for there. For the third time in two months after yeah. no no games against each other for five years. It's I love truly... it. And in, a ter- like in an elimination yeah. <laughs> game, like that's, that's so much fun. Yeah, man, that's going to be a lot and of fun. I'm excited because uh, it's Pacers-Celtics rematch, and – Correct me if I'm wrong. The Pacers beat the Celtics. No, no the Celtics beat them by uh, 50. Wow. I think of the. What? Am I just thinking of the wrong team? Who did you guys? Did you guys lose one game in the? In to the, the Magic. They the lost Magic. the Magic. That's and the Magic right. didn't make it on that. Yeah. They were on the other end of the 22 points. They would have made right. it if. Mm-hmm. But the, so yeah, it was it was kind of confusing, but. Let's see. We got because we got Lakers, Suns, Kings, Pelicans, which. Maybe not big names, but I think that's a great matchup. That's a great matchup, and it's going to be on national TV. That's going to be a game that really wouldn't get that spot if it wasn't an in-season tournament game. So Then Bucks, Knicks, and then Celtics, Pacers. I think it's also exciting because in all likeliness, we see a Bucks-Celtics matchup, and that's (laughs) a fun little preview, you know, little preview. So that's super exciting. To the east right there. Yeah. 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 Staying within that realm, let's, let's pivot a little bit, talk about the rest of the Eastern Conference. There's a lot going on. Obviously, things have clicked out in Milwaukee. Celtics still doing their thing. Pacers have opened some eyes. And the Magic, the Orlando Magic, 
are turning some heads down in Florida. Martin, you and I talked a little bit about it. Tell me what you're seeing down there. Um, I'm seeing it's an imbalanced team, but a great team. Their defense is legit. It the size is there, the energy there. They have a lot. All those guys have like just great motor and great effort on defense that we're seeing. Yes, and I love it. They are a super fun team to watch. I think there's a few points of development that they need to see, as well as uh, Mo Wagner's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start this year. A few of their players who have been good three-point shooters have just been kind of started off a little slow, and that's something that needs to develop. But I think this is a situation where you're looking at a team that's going to be competing for a title in a few years, and you're seeing the flashes of that. Wow, really? With this core? I mean, you got a rookie of the year who's – Still developing. Yeah, no, pa- got, I think Paolo mm-hmm. for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Like this, this sure. team is like set to have like set like two all stars in the next, you know, Absolutely. three four years. Who do you think is the second one? Um, I think it's France. He has thirty one. Yeah, yeah. He had thirty one last time I checked uh, tonight against. Yeah. The, I mean, it's against yeah. the Wizards, so that doesn't really yeah. count. But um, I was talking about this before the show. I think the Magic can be a really good team, and I think they're a one piece away. And it may not be the piece you're thinking of. It's um, an upcoming free agent, <laughs> near and dear to my heart, expiring contract, probably mm-hmm. won't be able to pay him. I think if you put Derek White on that team with a backcourt of Suggs and Derek White, that's defensive lockdown. Franz, Paulo, and Wendell Carter. I think Wendell Carter can develop a little bit more. I'm not saying this, is, this isn't the championship squad, I don't think. But that's like a really good it's a team. That's a really good sure. team. And you, know who like they, a, you know who's still off in the shadows who I think could be big time? Anthony Black. Anthony Black, yeah. yeah. Mm, yes. And He's I, supposed to be a defensive yeah. monster. Yeah. And I think the, the backcourt right now really has a chip on its shoulder with Fultz and Suggs. Both guys were kind of given up upon. I, yeah. I think Suggs maybe a little less than Fultz, but they both kind of found their niche in this off or this Orlando team. Well, Orlando's been a little bit odd because I feel like the last few years they've really just like stockpiled on guards. Like you know they they drafted. I don't know if they drafted him. Yes, they did. They drafted Hampton. Yep. They yep. drafted Anthony. Or no, Denver drafted Hampton. He was in the yeah. yeah they traded tri- for him. Yeah. yeah, they traded for Hampton. Cole traded Anthony. for Fultz. Drafted Anthony. Yep. Um, drafted Suggs. And then you draft Anthony Black this summer, so you you've got you acquired five <laughs> Many guards. young guards like yes. with these who all had the you know um, you know high risk high reward you know upside type of value, and I think Suggs it, like is the one that has worked out the most. Um, for a minute, it looked like it was going to be Anthony. Anthony's still been solid, but I think I don't know. I, I get the feeling that his time in Orlando could be nearing an end. Um, well, he signed an extension this off season, but he did. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he did, was like he did, a three years, did. like thirty nine. Yeah, not too like long though. No, not too long. I just definitely I, movable. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm thinking. Like, I, I just, I, I think, and I also think his playing style too benefits. He's gonna be able to fit anywhere. Like, um, you know, Anthony's just a go getter. Yeah, he's scorer, like, you know, just a good guard. Guard off the bench, like yeah. you, yeah. you trust him off the bench running the second unit. One, yeah. one other thing is, I, I'd like to see them in conversations. I haven't looked at their cap situation right now, but one big free agent that's I believe is a free agent after this season, Buddy Heald. Mm. Mm-hmm. The Orlando Magic need three point shooting more than anything else. Yeah. That they are like, I think they're last in the league in attempts or close to last, and they they don't mm-hmm. make a lot of them either. And 
he could give them a big boost too. I think that's another player that they should be looking at. I'm su- I'm almost sure. surprised they didn't look at like a Max Struess, mm-hmm. um, who went to the Cavaliers. Yeah, we used to have uh, Josh Gupp wrote on the pod, and he used to always say that D'Angelo Russell down in Orlando would have been. He, <laughs> I used to, I used to hate it, but he said it would be fun. I said it would be fun, but no, they they do need more, and it's it's an interesting balance. So it'll be interesting to see how they're able to figure this out down there because things are finally starting to work it seems like but there's a fine line between letting your guys develop and then bringing in help to start winning right away and you don't want to sacrifice one for the other um and so yeah it'll be interesting to see but like I you have your cornerstone in Bancaro and the rest of it is just making sure the pieces fit around him yeah and I think Franz is a really I think he's still not not quite the number two that you want for like a really good team, but I mean he's he can be like a, I think he has potential to be the the number two option. I agree. For I the agree. record for like a really good team, he's right, for that. sure. Right now he's twenty points a game, five rebounds, yep. and on forty five percent shooting. So the the signs are there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's gonna have a sample size still soon. small, but he's he's. And he's always had that kind of upside, mm-hmm. you know. Like people, I feel like scouts have always been pretty high on him. It's just a matter of him putting everything together. So it's been good to see, and I hope he keeps it up. Um, staying in the Eastern Conference, I want to pivot a little bit. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Let's talk about the team on TV right now, oh, man. or one of the teams on TV right now. Oh, no, <laughs> Michigan's NBA team, the Detroit <laughs> Pistons. Um, it's been rough. It's been rough. This team is. How many? I just know the amount of losses, which I think is 14, 15. Yeah, 2 and 15. About to be 2 and 16 in a minute and two seconds. seconds. They will be 2 and 16 um, by the time I'm probably done with my sentence. um, And things don't appear to be getting better. Uh, But I want to pick your guys' brains on it just because there are a lot of people right now that are frustrated around Michigan. Um, A lot of articles are being written. And I I just want to talk about this for a minute personally. I feel like there are a lot of people who, excuse my language, but half-ass watch the Pistons most of the time, Mm -hmm. and rightfully so. Over the last five years, you know, they haven't been too good, but people are tuning in and they're saying, you know, what's going on? Team's still bad. They're still awful. You know, tear it down, fire everybody, burn it all down, and I feel like there's not a lot of context that's being provided um, right now. And the beat writers and the journalists who are, you know, covering the league and the Pistons, I think, are doing a good job of trying to combat that. But it's frustrating because right now I think that young talent is there, and I think the building blocks are there. But this team is so young, mm-hmm. and I don't think people understand that. Like, this is like Kentucky's team right now. Like, you have a team damn near full of, like, college freshmen and then a couple of sophomores, juniors, and a senior. Like, what, isn't the average, like, 20? The age of the I think our starting five averages like twenty two years old mm-hmm. or twenty one. Like yeah, that is so young. It might the seniors. I saw it the other day. I think it's twenty or twenty one, and Michigan State's starting lineup is older right now than yeah. the Pistons starting lineup. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's it's been everywhere. Um, and so that's my biggest thing. Like, I think you have to be a little more patient. You have to give these guys time. I understand the frustration, but. I don't think people realize you had to tear everything down just a few years ago to build everything back up, and things are still being built. And yes. the process is not always pretty when things are being built. In fact, it gets it can get very, very ugly before it gets any better. But that's that's my spiel on it. I'll I'll give it a I'll give it a few minutes. Um, so 
I think that this is the, this is the biggest case of like <clears throat> like we're seeing two sides here where you have like clear talent like a lot of very clear talent that's been it's taken longer than it should have to pick up given how little they started this rebuild with they started this rebuild with a G League team like genuinely it was it was that bad and so it's taken a really long time to put this talent together but at the same time you are not going to develop well when you're this bad this is not just bad in a normal sense or the worst team in the league bad this is a historical mark the pistons i i if i i had to watch my team i had to watch the wizards put their third string in at like the three minute mark and my team kept their starters in that it that that's that's about as low as it can get that's that's, that's literally sad. how low is it that's that's the only other team in the league that's as bad as us and they are putting their third stringers in against us it's really bad i think that a lot has gone wrong i saw we are one of the worst teams in the league as far as games lost to injury and it's like that's a big issue but the roster construction here is abysmal and there's literally no excuse for being this bad especially when you look at the free agent classes and you're not looking like there's any huge game changers well, and it's really yeah. frustrating. My only thing is is that Detroit has never gotten free agents and the yeah. ones that and the ones that they were able we to, to get pay them so much money. Well, not and not even, not only that, but you kind of had to take a risk. Like you think about okay, the last time they got really good free agents was when they were competitive. Well, they took a home run swing on Chauncey Billups and mm-hmm. hit it. At the, nobody knew Chauncey Billups was going to be who he turned out to be. Point, Otherwise, he would yeah, have given up yeah. on him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and he had opened some eyes in Minnesota. He had a really good year. Terrell Brandon got hurt. He came back, was terrific. But nobody knew he was going to turn out to be that good. Took a home run swing on Ben Wallace. Got it. The Wizards had given up on Rip Hamilton, which was – that was probably the stupidest thing and the luckiest that they got because they were just like, hey, we're done with this guy, even though he was averaging, I think, 20 a game. They got him. But, you know, and then they got Tayshawn Prince, who was a diamond in the rough. So – Detroit has never gotten free agents. You know what I mean? It's it's just a matter of really taking a big swing on a guy and finding him. But it's hard to look at guys like, hey, that guy's super good. You know, he's been unhappy in Atlanta or where L.A., wherever the case may be. We can get him. The reality is you're probably not. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, you gotta, you're probably going to have to overpay some young guy who you're betting on in the future to be great, which is what they probably will eventually have to do. Um my bad, Martin. I didn't mean to cut you off there, you're but that was that was my thing. It's well, because it, it makes sense what you're saying. That yeah, we're, you can't count on free agents, but it's also not a viable strategy to put together the youngest starting five in the league and one of the youngest teams in the league, and then just hope that this collection of scattered top five picks just becomes good, because it's difficult for any of them to even begin to develop when they have just nowhere to go literally like i i don't if you've watched this team play it's painful watching what cade cunningham has to go through every single day as he's tripled every single time he walks into the paint and i just i don't see a path forward where everyone develops into the players that they could be without us making a few strides with some veterans what do you recommend i I don't have veterans like picked off picked out off the top of my head do you think but, they need to trade two of the young guys 
I think that mm. the balance is wrong right now with because currently there's a there's way too many guards and there's too many centers and there's not enough wings. I mean, we're playing like Stewart, who's like like more of a center than a power forward at power forward, and you're playing you know you have just so many centers and so many guards and like I don't see trade opportunities right now. Like I don't know off the top of my head where you're gonna put these guys like who is looking for them especially because none of them look very good on this team they look horrible on this team because they're in horrible situations and i don't know who is even looking to take a swing on these guys i truly i don't know the path forward but it's difficult to look at right now and say oh if we don't change anything this will this will turn into a contender because without any changes like will it really i think the my only thing that I say is that most of these guys are in year one or year two. Kate is in year three, but this is year two because he just passed. The, he, this is this is the start of year two. He just got past eighty-two games. I don't even yeah. he, he hasn't played a hundred games yet. So that's my only thing. This is the really the first that we've seen of what is supposed to be a rather promising core, and the signs are not there yet. But I think you have to point back to the youth, and it goes back to what we talked about before we turned on the mics, guys. The league doesn't value vets anymore. And that's not a Pistons problem. That's an NBA problem. So when you have these horrible teams and you have these guys who are picked near the top of the lottery, these teams that hover around the lottery for four or five years that end up with four or five really good picks, players that are supposed to be really good, they don't have any vets to turn to. And I think the Pistons do have a couple of good guys. You know, I think Bogdanovich is one of them. I think he's been terrific. I do think, I think even though he's still a quote-unquote young guy, he's been around, I think Bagley is a good influence on these guys. Um, but like I said, the league doesn't value that anymore. There are not guys that they're, they're – there are not very many guys that they are putting on payroll. Like, obviously you can't give us a lot, but we know you're going to be a hell of a locker room guy. Nobody's doing that anymore. People were giving the Heat all kinds of crap about it for doing it with Udonis Haslam. That's a roster spot. He's taken away from some young guy, whatever the case may be. Not knowing that what he brings to the locker room is invaluable. You know, so that's, I think, another issue, and it's something that they're going to have to continue to battle. But this team is just, I think they're so young, and I think you're absolutely right. It's unacceptable. Losing this many games in a row is is horrible. This team does look abysmal right now, but it's frustrating for me because I think Weaver has done a good job of building this team up. I think these guys are obviously trying their best, but they don't have anyone to show them the way right now. Yeah. And that's – not only that's not Weaver's fault. It's not the Pistons' fault. It's the league's fault for pushing veterans out of the door. Well, the veterans are still there. You guys are like, yeah, they sign, are. Still, if they're they still, still there, still, why don't you sign them? Then? Because nobody's doing it, and I think it's yep. it's, it's become a trend. Then and, if you, I mean, if you're two, I, obviously, but if you're two and fifteen, and this isn't working with all the young guys, then I think that's what they have to do. They have to go out and get the vets. They have to be different. Because if they're just following everyone else, which they're doing right now, not it's not working. Anything. Well, I don't even – and I think, too, even if you are to go out and sign a couple of vets, that's still going to do your locker room some good. It's going to keep these guys, their heads on straight. But it's still not going to solve the problem because it's still not solving what's going on on the court. You know what I'm saying? And with the thing on the court, to tell you the truth, I think this is just something you got to let it play out. Nobody wants to hear that right now, but you can't get – I don't – you can't get emotional and burn the whole thing down. You just started no, you building can't. it back up. You definitely I, can't. I agree. I think that the, if I look right now and I say like, what's like the, you know, 
if I imagine some scenario in some insane way, we win, we're, we're the 2029 NBA champions. And I, and I say like, what would I guess would happen for that to happen? For one, Monty Williams is known as an incredible culture guy. Like that's, that's his known trait that he's meant to be very, very good at building a culture and building morale and so on. That's a good, that's a good bonus for two. We need good minutes out of Bojan. We need good minutes out of Alec Burks, these guys. And you don't just need them in the locker room. You need at least like one or two quality vets that are on the court with them and that are showing them the mistakes that they're making. I think that that's really important. And then outside of that, you just need the development. Like there's no like you can't plan for that or do anything about it. You just kind of hope. Because the ceilings are incredibly high. And I think that the only thing that they can do right now is work a little bit to fix the lack of forwards and, and sort of like the logjam at other positions that we have going on and maybe get a vet, one, two vets, and kind of at that point you just hope. You hope Monty works his magic. I, for sure. I, I think, And I think Thompson will turn out to be a forward. I think he'll be a wing. I think they yeah. just kind of yeah. need him everywhere right now. So that's mm-hmm. why he's kind of not playing that role but also too like keep in mind where did Monty just come from guys Phoenix 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 was bad for a while we forget about that but they were bad for a while it looked like Devin Booker was in basketball purgatory Mm -hmm. for quite some time yeah it was the year five year six yes before he got and then all of a sudden you know they went out they got James I think getting James Jones as a GM was the first big step and then a year or two maybe later, you know, obviously they had Aiden already, but... Um, but they also brought in vets. They brought in Chris Paul. Yeah. You bring in... Well, you they brought in vets after getting a handful of young guys. They just did everything sort of within the, like a one and a half seasons, and it all came together, and it, yeah. it coincided with Booker entering his prime. Like, and it, that's that's sort of my what I'm getting at here. Like... There's a yeah. lot of luck involved. Yeah. Not and not only that too, but you gotta sometimes slowly, slowly build before you start taking the home run swings. And that process is very painful. And I think the Suns showed that. Like it looked like they were doing absolutely nothing and then they blew up. That that and that does not happen by accident. I I just at looked all. they were fourteenth or fifteenth in the West for three years and then going to tenth. Like they weren't they weren't in the like they made that move after Devin Booker's fourth year, and then they went from tenth Which to second one? in the West. Uh, I'm pretty sure the move to add um, that was when they added uh, Chris Paul in 2021. Yeah, and yeah, it's just you know you can't control it, but you got to just put your hope in these young guys and hope that the the front office makes a few moves to give them the best chance that they yeah. have in the best environment. And I think this team is is I think these guys and I think Troy Weaver's doing that right now. I just think people are impatient and you know right now I think a lot of the obviously the losses are inexcusable but I think a lot of people are um still just asking why is this team bad? It's been 5 years now. And it's tough cuz when you look at other teams that have torn it down like the Thunder tore tore it down after you and they still they're miles ahead of you now. Rockets tore it down after you. They're looking better than you. There's just a lot of spots where you just got you got to wait. You kind of you kind of have to be patient with it and yeah. 
and, look away from the ones that are doing a lot better than you. Yeah, you know? and this and this is the last thing I'll say, but situationally, it's also different too. Houston is a viable free agent destination, and yes. so they had that in their pocket, and you know their owner is willing to spend and open up his checkbook. But also too, you got to remember, Houston was criticized. The Rockets were criticized in the summer for some of those signings. Mm-hmm. Like you're paying Fred Van Vliet all this money, you're giving Dylan Brooks all this money. What's wrong with you? And now they look good, and it's like, oh, that was terrific. You know what I, I mean? I like the moves. I'm just I saying, no, I, I like the moves. I, I liked, I liked, Van, I liked Van Vliet. I was a little. I also liked Brooks. I'm, my my I eyebrow was... went up with Brooks. I liked it, but I didn't know how he fit. But I think Eme has done a really good job of tying it all together, mm-hmm. which I knew he would. I knew he would. Yeah. Um, and with Oklahoma City, that's why Presti's a GM, and that's why they will never let that man go. That kid is that dude is like boy genius. Like yeah. he's and he's always been that way. Mm-hmm. Um. The crazy thing is, I think Thunder would be even better had they stayed in Seattle because players like to play in Seattle and they could have gotten free agents. Nobody's right. nobody's ever come to Oklahoma City yeah. like to sign. But, um, but yeah, you guys got anything else about the Pistons before we move on? I don't want to talk about them anymore. I can't, <laughs> I can't keep doing this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Makes me sad. <laughs> we'll figure it out. It's just going to take some Hey, you, no, got, like, you guys got the lines right for the, now. For Maybe the time just... being, I need to keep it off my mind. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Well, before we move out west, I want to talk a little bit about Zach Levine. Still on the trade block. I want to talk to you guys, though, um, just about what's going on in Chicago. They've been in a weird state, you know. Um Obviously, this team a couple of years ago was meant to be built around Lonzo, Levine, and DeRozan. Um, Vucevic was supposed to be in there, too. but like And Patrick Williams. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, things haven't gone as planned. Lonzo's still hurt. Um, and, you know, the the team just hasn't fit. And so and now, that you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. But Levine appears to be very unhappy. He'll, he'll probably be traded at any minute. Do you think it's time? And do you guys foresee Chicago just tearing it all down sooner rather than later? They, I mean, they might as well. That it's just not working. They, yeah. the way they, they, the way they play, the people they got is just, it's not really, it's not really going for them right now. I think if they just tear it down, be bad for a couple of years, and then, hey, you never know. Maybe they'll still be better while the Pistons are still losing. Like, uh, all right, don't do that. Like, <laughs> I think you got to go a full, complete tear down though. You can't keep Levine and yep. try to sell off to Rosen which you can't you the problem with them is they don't have a lot of value because the guys they have are aging right so I think Levine you could definitely get multiple firsts for but besides that I don't think there's anyone else with real value besides Caruso Caruso Caruso, which is shocking for the value that they got him at but yeah I think it's they need to like they need to just be bad yeah that's just kind of the reality um but it's really, it's gonna be really hard to trade these guys on the contracts they are on yeah, at yeah. their ages. Like, I just don't know how much value you're gonna they're gonna get. But the the value they need is being bad. The value mm, they yeah. need is high draft picks. And I like their front office has been delaying this for a while, yeah. and I get it because the Lonzo situation was incredibly unfortunate. I think nobody's happy about that. But I think. They're at finally at the point where they realize, like, okay, this needs to go. I just don't know what destinations have the money, like the cap and the resources to get these guys because they're all deservedly or they should be on contenders, like at the point they're at in their career. Yeah. Do you guys see any destinations you can see like 
Levine or DeRozan going to? I, I would love to see DeRozan in L.A. I've, I've always been calling for that. He's a hometown kid. Yeah. To tell you the truth, off the top of my head, contractually, I don't know how it would necessarily work, but yeah. he's wanted to be in L.A. for a minute, and it seems like they've always wanted him. The stars just haven't aligned. So. He's openly talked about it multiple different Clippers times, or Lakers? too. Lakers. 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 He's, I, all these L.A. guys, you know, would – Rather play for either play for either one because both of them are competing for a title. But I, I see DeRozan in, in a Lakers uniform. Yeah. What right. about uh, for Levine? Maybe Dark Horse if they're re- if they're really continuing to struggling. Do you think maybe Golden State could be a an option? Ooh, I like that. They have the they have the big contracts to do it if they want to move off of one of them and yeah. re- receive first round picks in return. They all know who to move <sighs> off of too. You got to be if my thing is if you're Golden State, you got to be. A hundred percent in on it, and you gotta be willing to live with the results, cause that—that's something I think that'll either work beautifully or it'll it'll go completely wrong. And it could yeah. be both within his tenure there. You know what I yeah. mean? It could be bad for a couple of weeks or a month or two, and then finally click. Um, you know, Golden State is interesting, man. They're coming to the end of their prime, but they. Unlike you know those Bulls teams that we saw in the '90s, they've made it clear they're gonna ride the wheels yeah. till they fall off. Mm-hmm. So a ride till the wheels fall off. So yeah, um, with Golden State this year, I watched the game against the Kings, and it was just like, wh- where is Clay Thompson? I haven't seen him. I haven't been able to see him in a long time. Um, you miss him? I do miss him. I miss. I miss. I don't man a quarter Clay. I mean, he was he used to cook so much, and he's just not doing it anymore. Still got but, flashbacks from two years ago. I, I feel bad for the disrespect him. that he gets though, because yeah. I mean, Clay, like, like Clay's that dude, and it, it, it's it it pains me to see that he has to. You know, like that he has to explain himself in press conferences. The media say, is like, crushing him. Yeah, and yep. just say things like "I'm not like it, you know Clay's that dude," and it's and he's always been that guy, but it's mm-hmm. it's he's he's gotten a lot of blame and he's taken a lot of ridicule over this these last couple of years all he can do now is just put up the four rings thing with his hands and just that's the only explanation he has now because he's just not hitting his shots he's not playing efficiently that's just not looking good for him i'm really excited to see how many picks are going to go for caruso like caruso is because he's on a small contract he's like he is going to be super, super highly recruited. I There's going to be, like, several firsts thrown around for him, I think. Because yep. you look at the teams, and it's like, you got the Bucks. The only thing the Bucks need is a perimeter defender. It's like <laughs> they would do anything for that man. Along with, like, several other contenders, people talk about the Lakers for, uh, for Caruso. They say he could be a good mm-hmm. option there. And I think... Man, he just he just plays the type of basketball that any contender wants. Yes. And Caruso? Oh yeah. yeah. And on that contract, it's gonna be big money thrown around for him. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see it and I'm I'm excited to see, you know, what what's in the Bulls future after this hopeful teardown. Because I think we're at the point where even Bulls fans are kinda like, This is clearly yeah, it's done for, you know? And so I'm excited to see what happens and I hope they have a better future than they do currently. Show. Well, does anybody want to touch on anything else on the East before we move out west? All right, we're catching the flight out to LA. Well, not out to LA. We'll start off. Let's start off in Minnesota, where it's freezing, um, <laughs> but where the Timberwolves are thirteen and four, guys. Thirteen and four, man. We talked about Anthony Edwards. Talked a little bit about this team um, off the air, but what are you guys liking? What are you guys seeing from Minnesota? And is this? Knock on wood, 
sustainable? Is this the year where things finally come together out there? I think it's for right now it's sustainable, at least for the regular season. Yeah. I think when you look at what they are, they're basically just the Utah Jazz from two years ago with Cat as well. <laughs> you swap out Mitchell for <laughs> Edwards and maybe they have a little higher upside with Edwards, but they they got a very similar team and Jaden McDaniels is the other one, but yeah, they they he can be really good, but they have the same. They're running the same formula. So that was a crazy comparison. That is a funny how comparison. it's. Yeah, they it's have Mike Conley, they though. have Gobert, and then Donovan Mitchell <laughs> and Anthony Edwards aren't hugely different players. I, Did not I, I, think I can, about I that. I can sort of see it. I think right now the only thing is it's like will the formula work in the postseason? And that's yeah, one of the things that's, that's, mm-hmm. you just don't know until you see it. But it's proven to work in the regular season that oh, that those Jazz yep. teams won sixty games. That's not a that's not a diss to say they're like those Jazz teams. It's just will it work in the postseason with Gobert? And I I don't know yet. Um, we we haven't seen it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put my vote in for yes. I hmm. think that um because I I have no doubts on their on their regular season success right now. It's clearly I mean they're already they were already a playoff team and they're clearly much better than that eight seed. Yeah. Um, but right now, the way I see it is that those Jazz teams were were built just a little lopsided. I see that the the defensive firepower they have with McDaniel's and Ant when he really wants to being a lot more well balanced, where you have defense from top to bottom rather than just that inner presence. And I think offensively, they've slowly began to figure it out. Like it's been. A while since you've had this weird go bear cat pairing where they've sort of tried to figure out the center, yeah. center situation. It seems like this year is the year they've sort of put all the pieces together. I think that this is a a competent playoff team. I don't know if they're among the ranks of Denver, uh, of Phoenix, of of the yeah. Celtics and Bucks, but I think that they will likely be in a few years, given Ants jumps every single year. And I think that they're going to, at the very least, give a very tough, tough uh, series to a real contender this year, Absolutely. if not win it. That, that's fair to say. I don't know if they could beat a team like Denver or Phoenix, or even, I think, even LA. I think the Lakers, ha- I would take the Lakers over the Timberwolves right now. I agree. Interesting. I agree. So, yeah, they're for a fourth team. They they could give the Thunder a run. Uh, they beat them last night by three. So, uh, yeah, I think... The only thing is if they face a team that's older, that could be scary. Yep. I think if they get a younger team, though, they're they're in a better spot. I agree. I agree. Well, staying out West, um, you know, I've been – I feel like the West has been pretty balanced so far, just from a competitive standpoint. You know, everybody seems to be doing fine. It's still pretty early in the year. We're not even a quarter of the way through, but um, – Everyone seems like, you know, they're sort of just holding their own out there. Um, is there anybody in particular, you know, that has stood out to you guys that you think could start to pull away at some point? I wouldn't say pull away, but I'm excited to see what the Kings have done. I thought they were yes. going to regress a little bit just because yes. when you look at their year last year, they had so many things bounce their way. But even with that deer and Fox out for a little bit and they held their own, now they have him back. They're 8-2 in their last 10. Uh, they're still the same team they were last year, even with a little bit less. Their differential, I mean, looking at it right now, kind of scares me. They're pretty much even compared to the other teams. But 
I, I think they can still be the team they were from last year. So I'm excited to see that they held up and didn't really flop this early. Yeah, I think that they're still going to be looking for some extra pieces given their construction is, is a pretty offensively focused team, mm-hmm. which isn't the best formula, but I I definitely see them as very competitive, even in the West. And it's it's interesting when you look front like down when the eight teams that are going to be selected are all very close to each other. Like there's a lot of yep. teams here that are going to be competitive. The one I'm interested in seeing is the Pelicans, since we just haven't seen I mean last year they were out of the playoffs. I would really love to see Zion in the playoffs. And as far as the regular season goes, right now they're sitting at 9 and 9 exactly, but if I'm they have been dealing with some injuries if I'm if I'm correct with um who is out? Uh, I know I know somebody was out a little bit. I believe it was was McCollum out. Yeah, yes, he's he, been out for a yeah, minute. He's been McCollum out, for, and he's going to be out, out for a while. Too. Yeah, yeah uh, collapsed lung. Yeah, collapsed lung. Yeah, and then Ingram and Zion, they still don't really hold up. They'll, they'll be out every three or four games. It's yeah. just something yeah. they have done their entire career. But like, you know, we haven't really seen like playoff Zion at all. No, he is. And, he hasn't been in a meaningful game. Yeah, yeah. That's when why it matters. We the, haven't seen it yet. The in-season tournament's going to be fun because this is going to be his first meaningful game since he played against Michigan State in the Elite Eight. That's going to be his first <laughs> meaningful game since Yikes. then. Yikes! And that was Yikes. in 2019. I take Tim it's back been at almost it. five years since Zion's most meaningful it's game, true. and we'll I mean, be able to he, see that. That's going to be exciting. Hasn't played yeah. in, like an elimination game, like a real like for a trophy game. Exactly. That's and why this is so that's why I I just I'd really like to see them in the playoffs because yeah. mm-hmm. I think I think they're really good. Like I think it's a like a really well constructed roster and I think there's a lot of talent. I really would love to see Zion in the playoffs. We don't know if they're going to step up though, but we'll see. I don't know. Like that's the that's the thing. Yeah. It's like will Zion be that guy? Is he willing to step up in those moments? And I really hope we get the chance to see that because I think this is the year where if you don't see Zion again or like, you know, he's injured or whatever, people are really gonna start backing out 100%. on him. Like I I mean, we're in we're in the fifth season. I mean, he didn't play uh in the twenty one, twenty two season, but I think, you know, people are still willing to be like, Oh, but when he's in, he's incredible. But after this year, that's gonna I fade. think people are slowly gonna be like, All right, like this is too much. I think I've already faded. I mean really? yeah, not, wow. not not really. I I, Not one more season in you, AJ? Come on. Now. No, I've always been a big Zion believer. I hope he's able to remain healthy. Um, but, you know, health is it's a, it's a tricky thing, man. And, you know, I never blame the player for it. It's just sometimes just, you know, a stroke of bad luck. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, to tell you the truth, guys, I you know, I got a million other NBA problems to worry about. So, <laughs> But when Zion's healthy, I love him. I always will support him, um, but he just always appears to be hurt. A guy yeah. I do love is Ingram. I love Ingram. I love Ingram's, love love game. Ingram's game. Hey, you know what? I'll, I'll put it Straight out. I'll put it out right here. Baby KD. If not KD. if they're interested in and I, if I'm Chicago, I'm calling down to New Orleans asking, what would you possibly be interested in for Ingram? He's the kind of guy I'd be interested. I'd be interested in acquiring if I'm Chicago. I think that's a good building block. Um, especially if you're looking to maybe get to just being a respectable Eastern Conference team with a nice group of guys. I think Ingram is a hell of a start. How old L- is Levine Ingram? for Ingram? That would be pretty cool. 
I like that. How old is? Do you Ingram? throw picks in there? Or are you just um you probably just picks on up? the Chicago side going mm-hmm. to New Orleans? I think okay. Ingram has more value, especially because Ingram was the main piece in the AD trade. So yeah, you'll need to get a lot. Yeah, that. Ingram is twenty six. He just turned twenty six. So and his game is young piece. his game is gonna age. I think tremendously. Very well. I mean, yeah. just look at KD. I I feel like you can just do that. You, yep. He has another yep. decade that. He'll be competitive. In. His map is played out already. Like we've oh, yeah. seen he it. He does but. this year. He's been off to a rough start from three. Ingram. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's. Yeah. I mean, twenty nine percent this year is yep. rough. But I mean, he shot thirty nine percent last year on, like three attempts a game. But yeah, and it's not you really want that back up. Like people were talking about that. I remember when he was at Duke. You know, he didn't necessarily shoot the three ball too well. He was a bit more streaky. But that's not really even his game. Even though he's like super skinny. He's actually really good within the paint in the mid-range area. Like, he's just super crafty. High release, too. You can get a shot off anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't really like the comparison just because they didn't necessarily play alike, but he has a a George Gervin type of effect. Like, George Gervin could not shoot a lick from the three-point range. Like, Mm -hmm. But he was just really good at, like, being around that 15-foot area and getting inside the paint, making things happen, and utilizing his, his long, lanky body to his advantage the way Ingram does. But anybody else got anything on the West? Uh, the last thing on the West, I would like to make my announcement. Um, hey, uh, I have found the Bonix to my Matt Mer- Merrifield. I am officially a Sanguner. Alperin Sanguner is going to be my guy. <laughs> of Whoa. So much propaganda. I will be forcing all of it. He is the next Jokic. It's not wow. like oh. how I said it's kind of everyone's like kind of darling like oh he could be good but nobody's really put their chips in the table yet on him mm-hmm. i'm going all in on sengun he is wow. going to be my guy hey next Jokic coming up next Jokic is i'm crazy. going to be pushing so much propaganda on him i'll be unbearable if you found he wins most improved you found the bow next to your what what did he what to did my matt merrifield the bow next to your to matt, matt merrifield i love that special shout out to matt merrifield he will be um a special guest that we'll have on at some point That'll do it for this week's edition of the Courtside Convo. Thank you so much for listening. It's great to be back. Uh, We'll be right back at it again next Wednesday. Uh, Basketball season is in full swing. We'll have more of our opinions for you. But thank you so much for listening once again. Go out. Be nice to people. Thank you for listening again. Much love.